And good morning, Uni Hill Church. Now, what I want to do before I move on any further is I want to explain a few things that Pastor Nathan said. The first thing being that Jordan Wakelin plays guitar. So bass player is a great way to make Jordan sulk. Ukulele is a great way to make Jordan cry. So that's what happened there. And let me just clean up this statement for all of you that may be newer to our community. Husbros sounds like the weirdest, most confusing statement. Nathan, Pastor Nathan, Campus Pastor of East, Pastor Jordan, Operations Pastor of North, are best friends that managed to figure out a way to marry sisters so that they could become brothers. So this is through marriage they have become brothers Confusing statement, and I apologise on behalf of every person, um, you know, in our church that may be visiting today out of the confusion that was caused by those two guys really having a moment together about Jordan's 30th birthday. But we do love everybody in our community, especially you, Pastor Jordan. You are a great blessing of organisation to our church, and we love you dearly. So at the very start of this year, I tell you what, I preached something, the theme for our year, what I believe God was going to do in our community. And I want to be honest with you, I had no idea what was about to unfold. I am a person who will always see the the glass half full, even when it's three quarters empty, it's full, it's on the way up. It's the way that I'm wired. It's who I am. And I did not expect the year to unfold the way it did. I, I, am, I am grateful that I've had a period of time at home with April and the kids. And for my whole working life, I was the first eight years, uh, I was a registered nurse, which meant evenings out. Then as I became uh, a pastor full-time, we were doing a lot of night meetings. So I have appreciated what it is to be at home every night. You know, I've got to be honest with you. I don't, mind, I don't really care about a nine o'clock curfew. Don't really care because I'm at home. Um, I'm, I'm already uh, relaxed. Uh, so it has been, you know, not horrible in that regard. But I do miss family. I do miss gathering together and I cannot wait for that to happen very, very soon. Uh, we will be uh, meeting as an eldership again this week. Uh, the only reason uh, we haven't kept you more informed is we actually have no clue really uh, what is uh, going to unfold until we get a clear roadmap uh, from uh, the government. Uh, we know that there'll be some announcements today. We'll apply them to our community and we'll get them to you as soon as possible. But I want to be in the room. I don't necessarily think we'll be doing services outside. We may find a way for us to gather. But man, it's been raining so much lately uh, that I don't think that that is uh, the right call unless it's potentially Pastor Jordan leading worship on a ukulele. That's worth seeing even in the rain. Christine Finger put a ukuleleist, maybe a new word. So thank you for that comment, Christine. I agree. We may have created something new this morning. 
Now, having said all that, at the very start of the year, I felt the Lord give me the theme. It was plethuno. That means in the original language, that paints a picture of increase. God bringing multiplication. And I believe and I still declare that that has happened and will continue to happen this year. If you think about God's increase, Hope Tour giving increased and we've been able to sponsor two additional states that will happen, Queensland and New South Wales next year. Praise God. We also still continue in Canberra and we know that we are continuing in Victoria. Increase, multiplication. You know, in the midst of a global pandemic with financial ramifications, our mission giving increased. I'll get you that exact number, but it has gone up from the previous year and the year before because of your faithfulness to God and because of your ownership to our community. And I believe that there's also been incredible increase, phenomenal increase in our community outreach, especially through our food programs. That's really been our essential service uh, to community. And now we're having community prayer meetings where people are able to come in from outside of the church online into a Zoom. God has brought increase. Now, today we start a new series uh, that we're going to be preaching into over the next few weeks because I felt the Lord say that there were three stepping stones that we need to lift the value of in our life. And as we lift the value of those things, it lines us up to walk in God's increase. The first one was focus. I believe that if we increase our level of focus on the things that God has us for, not wavering to the left or to the right, but focusing on what God has for us, the call on your life, I believe that was one of them. We did a focus series. That was the first series we did this year. Then it was wisdom, Holy Spirit wisdom in our lives. We just recently completed our series on the book of James. And we were blessed uh, by, by that series. I know I was definitely blessed by that. And the increasing the value of wisdom lines you up for God to bring increase, multiplication in your life personally and in our community as we come together. Today I launch into what we are calling our ownership series we need to take ownership. In the original text that I used back in February, I talked about seven men being appointed to serve the culture that they are from. So the theme for this ownership series is going to be taking up the challenge to serve in our community, to serve and lead in our community. There are some people that I want to mention that are what I call the heroes of our church. They love Jesus and they serve and they've taken ownership about our community onto themselves. I think of people and we're going to get a lot of amens and I would love to see you honour these people as I mention them in the chat. That's how you can participate in our service today. It's not to be watched like a show. Don't watch this like a show. Just pretend I'm standing out the front of your window. I'm like that, I'm like that cable guy, you know, just arrived. I don't know if I'm off the screen, but it's like, hello. And you're having a conversation with me now through a window. We are, we are being a community. One of the people I want to honour is Chris Stewart. I remember a couple of years back when we had some structural changes in the East. It was Chris that lifted his level of buy-in, his level of service in order to support that ministry. Chris, Chris Stewart, I want to thank you for owning Uni Hill Church. 
like it's your own because it is. You know, I think of the East Campus and I think of one of my heroes, Linda Green. You know, what happens is she's taken on admin responsibilities. She handles the hiring of the facility. It's a beautiful facility in the East and she carries things. She serves in the hosting. She serves in in the catering. She's on the community outreach team for the food program. There isn't anything that she isn't involved with. And Linda, we thank you for owning our community as if it was your own. Because it is. You know, there are people that we think of over in the north. I think of uh, Phil Stewart. What a guy. Through COVID, he is managing the team. He is encouraging and strengthening everybody that is around him. He is mindful about those that are coming in. He's a man of God that serves Unihill like it's his own because it is his own as we serve Jesus together. I think of Taran. Taryn Hanley, she put the funniest Instagram story. She tells the best stories. She was the original youth person. And I know I mention her a lot, but what I love about you, Taryn, is that you own Uni Hill like it's your own. You were the only youth kid. You stuck the whole way through the end of year 12. You've become a leader in the youth ministry. And now you're well into maturing as a woman of God and you're still on the youth team and you still have an influence and you're still being relevant and funny, Taryn. And thank you for owning Uni Hill like it's your own because of your love for Jesus. We get to walk together. You know, and one that's so dear to my heart is there's a man in this church. His name is Sean Roos. Many years ago, he came to me and he said, Charles, I love Uni Hill Church, but our coffee sucks. He goes, I've asked around. There ain't nobody enjoying the coffee here. But he didn't just come to me with a problem. Uni Hill, let's be like Sean. He said, but here's the solution. Hallelujah. How many people, I'm just curious, it's going on a bit of a tangent. How many people, if God is highlighting to you a problem, are you the person that God is using to see it fixed? Because there's going to be lots of mess when we begin to gather. There's going to be lots of people coming in that need the love of Jesus and need a community to buy in as if it's their own because it is. And Sean started a coffee team. We got a better coffee machine. And he served that faithfully, weekly, always being on it for nearly up to four years. Sean Roos, we honour you. We honour you. And we thank you for owning Uni Hill Church like it's your own. You know, coming out of this season, man, let's change the coffee bean. I want it refreshed. You know, I felt like it's been a little bit strong. So let's switch it. You know, let's have the sweetness, you know, as people regather. Give me an amen in the comments. You want the sweetness uh, as we regather. So ownership is the theme. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about we as the team and the preaching team at Uni Hill Church will talk about how can we own this community as it is our own and like it's our own because of our love for Jesus. And we want to see His kingdom come. We want to see His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we know we need to play our role. We need to take up our level of ownership because as we regather, 
We're going to need every person who can serve to serve because there's brokenness, there's isolation, there's been a season of struggle and we as a unified community need to come together and we need to be serving Jesus and serving people and loving people in this season to come. But you've got to own it like it's your own. You know, if somebody was to arrive at your house, you wouldn't be in a coffee and look over your shoulder and kind of nod and ignore them. If it was your home, you'd answer the door. You know, depending if you'd invited them or know them, you'd invite them in. Stick with me, my concept. We need to own it. We need to engage it. We need to do something in it. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 5 and chapter 6 in a moment. I'll set up the context for you. And we're going to look at some principles out of this passage of Scripture that I believe helps us to take up our level of ownership. See what's happening in Galatians. The Apostle Paul, he's come. He's shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ and no more. He's found out that there are people that are bringing a false doctrine that, yeah, you know, you've got to also add the law of Moses, the law to what uh, it is you're doing. And Paul is saying, that's not right. That's not what I preached. That's not the real gospel. So let me tell you, let me clean it up right now. It's about Jesus. No more, no one else, only Him. And then you live by that. Now, along the way, as he's writing this letter to the Galatians, he also addresses a few other bits and pieces from which we can learn from today. So I am ready to lean into this. I pray that, that you would understand that this is a pre-warm-up message because you need to serve in your community. Now, whether that be right now at home, you need to take it as if it's your own. You might need to own the, the level of employment that you have in the workplace that you function in. You know, an employee and an owner, they function in two different ways. But how blessed is the owner when he finds an employee that owns it like he does, that fights for it like he or she does. Why? Because we are not working as if we were working for man. We're working as we represent Jesus Christ. But please understand that today's focus is about our community. This is a pep talk about us getting ready to own who we are as we emerge out of this. It will look different, but we've done it before and we'll do it again and we'll keep going because my Bible tells me that the righteous, we get up and we keep going. So Father, thank you that you're in control. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's go to Galatians. We're going to start in chapter 5. We're going to read verses 13 and 14. Then we're going to jump over to Galatians chapter 6, where I'll read 1 to about verse 10. If you've got your Bible, why don't you open that up? Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. It's going to pop up on the screen, uh, and we will read the Word of God together. Galatians chapter 5, 13 and 14 says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Let's jump over to Galatians chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. 
carry each other's burdens in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something, when they are not, they have deceived themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. See, I said that really, destruction. I try to make that really scary. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Amen. Amen. Hey, just before I get started uh, this morning, uh, I just want to pray for a person. My son Jai came in uh, to, to me, or oh, actually it was yesterday, we we're having a conversation. And he goes to me, Dad, the other day I was praying in my room and I felt this tingle on my right elbow and I felt God was saying that we need to pray for somebody who's got a sore right elbow. So today, right now, if that's you, we want to pray God's healing on your life. We want to pray that there would be full movement in your arm and there would be no more pain in the name of Jesus. So Father, whoever that person is today, your right elbow, your right arm is being released right now by the healing power of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you heal. We thank you, Father, that you heal today, instantly, right now. We believe in the use of medicine, but we know your power to heal supernaturally. So we, right now in the name of Jesus, speak healing in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. So Galatians 5.13 says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Here is my first point. Ownership is not about obligation. It's about freedom. Ownership is not something that you're obligated to do. It's actually something that you can function in because of the freedom you found in Jesus Christ. Do you know, we were, we were born into a sinful world. We have a sinful nature. And because of that, we were a slave to sin. But because of Jesus, because of His love, because of what He's done for our lives, we are no longer held bound by sin, but rather we walk in the freedom of a relationship found in Jesus. I love what Pastor Laurie spoke about this morning. Those people that are walking miracles because of the work that Jesus has done in their life to bring them to a place of freedom where they're no longer fun functioning, being bound by sin, but they walk 
walk freely in who Christ is. And in the Scripture, it says, don't find out that you've got this new freedom and go and indulge the flesh. And this Scripture talks about what those things are. But rather, what does it say? Serve one another humbly in love. Obligation versus freedom. You know, to make a choice is always more powerful. To choose to do something will always carry more emphasis than feeling obligated to do so. You know, recently, uh, Kiara had a delivery. Now, what she didn't know is that she's excited about uh, going uh, to youth group. And, and uh, so she invited somebody along and, and, and they came and she won 12 donuts. A box of Krispy Kreme donuts rocked up at my front door. Now, at the moment, I'm not eating sugar because I am desperately trying to fight off with a sword the COVID kilos. Everyone knows what it is. Amen against the COVID kilos. And it's raining a lot, so I'm not going out as much. So no sugar. And the donuts arrive. Beautiful glazed donuts. Rev Youth giving her 12 donuts. And I remember the joy on her face when she received these, but it was nothing compared to the joy on the face of her siblings. They come bounding in as they wanted to share in the victory, in the prize that Kiara had attained. Twelve donuts, one girl, two siblings, and something was going down. All of a sudden, when they said, can we have one? And all of a sudden, there was almost like this battle that had come upon Kiara. You know, and as a parent, I was like, you are not going to attempt to eat 12 donuts yourself. Kind of makes me proud, but no. And what happens is we could see that there was something going on. Now, as her dad, I could have been like, now, listen, you're not going to have 12 donuts and you will share them with your brother and sister. I can take that. And then she would share out of an obligation. Oh, I better, I better do it. Uh, you know, I've been asked to. So, you know, I don't really want to, but I'll share my donuts around. However, what we've been learning as a principal in one of the parenting classes that we're doing currently is that I don't want to force Kiara by my authority to do what's right. I want to draw out of her heart what's in it, what God has placed in there, so that out of the freedom she's been given, she does the right thing. So much more power in her freely choosing, hey, I want to share this with you, than feeling obligated to do so. In this scripture, it says, because of what we have encountered in Jesus, we now walk in a new freedom. But this freedom doesn't release you to do what you want. It's now because of the genuine relationship we have with Jesus, because we want to please our Heavenly Father. The way that we do that, we see in the scripture, fulfilling the law is serving one another. I don't do it. I don't serve church. I don't serve in my workplace. I don't serve my family because I'm obligated to do it. I do it because I'm in a relationship with Jesus because He's made me free. And out of that love, I choose to serve other people. Because Jesus lived and died for me, I now live for Him. And in living for Him, I live for others. I love God with all my heart, soul, my mind, my strength. I love my neighbour as myself. I serve 
because I'm free to do so because of what Jesus has done in me. If you're grateful for what Jesus has done in your life today, can you put an amen in the comments? Can you put a thank you, Jesus, in the comments? Because we are a community that we take ownership in this place out of the freedom we have in Christ and the love we have for Him and never out of obligation. I want to encourage you. I will keep returning to we are coming back together and it is going to be sweet. We are going to be hands raised. We are going to be worshipping God together, but we need to be ready because there will be people that will be hurting. There will be people that will be broken. And I don't want anybody walking into our church receiving a person that is serving them out of obligation. We are serving Jesus as a community together because we love Jesus. And in the freedom He's given us, we want to serve one another. Oh, amen. Second principle is very similar to the first, is that ownership is practical spirituality. It's practical. What you say, you do. They work together. It's what you say you don't do is when things break down. Or you do what you say you're not going to do. Maybe confusing you. Ownership is practical spirituality. It says this in Matthew 22. I know that on the slide you just saw. uh, Why don't you bring that slide up again for me? Uh, There are several additional scriptures that you can look at as I set the premise for this next bit of the preach. There's Matthew 22, there's Galatians 5, and there's James 2. And I want to set the emphasis for this. God's love is practical. It's practical. So in Matthew twenty-two thirty-four, it says this, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Jesus hears them. What is he talking about? He's saying you've got to love God and you've got to love your neighbour. That's how the whole law, everything that's written, it hinges on loving God and loving someone else. You can't love someone well and do nothing for them practically. That's not agape love. It's a sacrificial love where you are putting those you are in community with that you love ahead of yourself. Galatians chapter 5.14 says this. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love that is not practical isn't necessarily really love. And James 2, 14 to 17, we read this one during the Wisdom series, but let me read it to you again because it really challenged me. It says this in verse 14, What good is it, my brother and sister, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food. They've got no clothes and they've got no food. If someone of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical need. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. So what we established here is that when you love something, 
you are driven to serve it practically. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He could not leave us in our state of sin, in our state of brokenness. So what did He do? He sent His Son, Jesus. God's love caused Him to do something practical to change the situation we're in. And Jesus, because of His love for God, practically lived out a perfect life. The only person that did not deserve the punishment he received on the cross so that we could be restored back to a right relationship with God. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. So now when we return to our text today in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, it says this, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Carry one another's burdens. That's practical. That word uh, burdens uh, is a picture, a baros. It's a picture in the original language of something so heavy that one person can't carry it alone. They need help. They need somebody to come alongside them. And I remember as I was praying into this, I realized that practical love is important. Someone has kids that are sick, make them a meal. If you find out somebody is flat in our community emotionally, they're just feeling low, do something to try and give them a lift, encourage them and strengthen them. Someone's in isolation, see if they need support. This is practical ownership of our community. It's not I'm waiting for someone else. They are my community and therefore I must do something to love them. The scripture in Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, carry one another's burdens. You know, I've got a picture, a, a, a bit of a memory come back to me as I pondered this scripture. You know, I look forward to the day this is happening again. But I remember as a young man, the Holy Spirit was moving through a service uh, that we were in. And what happened is I saw this, we'll call him a giant man, came down the front. And he was, he was moving down the front. I can just, he was, I remember looking up thinking, man, is this Goliath, like this was a big man. And he comes down the front. And as he is prayed for, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. But I remember that as the Holy Spirit was coming upon him, I was looking around, not at him anymore, but at the catcher. And the catcher all of a sudden is looking around and the eyes were saying, this is a burden I cannot carry alone. And what happened is then all of a sudden you saw it go down. Anybody who's been in a Pentecostal church knows what this means. You come here. I'm going there. Yeah, yeah. and everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So the shuffle happened until as the power of God came on this man, there were two men standing shoulder to shoulder to catch this man as they lowered him down to the ground. And I remember as I was pondering that week, I had a little giggle because we've all been in that situation. I love to catch well above my weight class. I feel like you get in there quick and you lower them, you know, it's just little shuffles. But as I was pondering this, I felt the Lord say to me this, that there are going to be people that come into our community that as God does a work on their life and in their life, there are others that need to stand shoulder to shoulder to help carry them as God does the work in their life. Shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder. 
when somebody is in crisis in this church, if there is a need in this church, you go, I pray for that need as if it was my own. That family has lost their job. Father, right now, if there are people that are in financial turmoil, we ask you to move in their life. We pray as desperately to you, Lord, as if it was our own financial crisis. Father, those that are in relational crisis right now, Father, we are on our knees as a community together, praying, Lord, that you would move in that situation as if it was our own, because it is. We own this community, Father. Your Word says that when we are in community, we are to carry one another's burdens. And in doing so, we fulfill the law of Christ. What's interesting at this point is that he is bringing an analogy between it is not the law of Moses that is attained by rules, that is attained by religious living, but he's saying, no, that when you are carrying one another's burdens, when you are living in the freedom that Christ has given you to serve one another, what you are doing is you are living in the law of Christ, Jesus and no more relationship with him. And out of that relationship, a desire to serve God more. And finally, my third point, as I take a breath for the first time in about 15 minutes. Ownership sows today for the future. In Galatians chapter 6, 9 and 10. We've all heard this scripture before, but I felt as I studied this week, the Lord revealed something to me that I had not applied to this before. It says this, Let us not become weary doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now the concept here is that when we are weary with owning something, carrying something, fighting for something. The best way to keep going in a weary season is trusting that what you've planted is good. Because the Bible tells us in the previous Scriptures to this, that what you sow, you will reap. So if you are tired, but you know what you planted is good, That should be enough to strengthen you to hold on for the harvest will be coming in regards to what you sowed. I sowed in faith. I sowed in love. I sowed in commitment. But right now I'm tired, Father, and I'm feeling weary. But I know that one day there is going to be a harvest of love and community and joy for me. Because I believe in what I sowed was good to serve you, Jesus. So I'm tired now. But knowing what I served is good means the harvest will be good. So I just can't give up. I have to keep waiting and believing Because you say to me what I've sowed will reap. So I'm not growing weary doing good. Because every time I do good, I'm sowing good seed. Which means the harvest that will come will be good. But it goes on. Verse 10 says this. Therefore we have opportunity. Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. 
It says, therefore, we have opportunity to do good. We know that the doing good is the, is the things that you sow in, in faith, in the Spirit. But the opportunity is an interesting word. It means if you miss the opportunity, you never sow good, which means you'll never reap good. A harvest can never happen unless good seed is sown. The opportunity. Ownership helps you sow today for the future. If you're asked to serve in this place, is it out of obligation or do you see it as an opportunity to sow good seed? Because it's an opportunity. But if you don't take up the opportunity, therefore we have opportunities, let us do good. If you never sow, you never take the opportunities, take on that level of ownership, rise up in faith. If you never take the opportunity, you won't sow, then it's hard to persevere when you're weary because what's coming if nothing is sown? When we come out of this season, can we be a church that is scattering seed everywhere? When we are in this season right now over the next few weeks, can you begin to sow what is good? Father, I'm going to be praying for this community. I'm going to be checking in with this community. I'm going to be seeing if a colleague looks busy, can I help them? I'm going to be doing something, Father, because if there is an opportunity where I can sow, I know that when I'm weary, I can remember that what I've sowed, I will reap. And if I don't give up, a harvest is coming. Taking ownership right now is as much about today as it is about the future. And I want God's blessing on your life as your pastor. And I want God's blessing on this place as your community. But we all need to own it. Uni Hill is not about Charles or April. It is not about the team. It is about every individual that loves Jesus in every generation taking ownership for this place to love and serve the God that we are all called to together. It is not about the role you play. It is about the God that you serve. And if you serve Him wholeheartedly and not out of obligation, but out of freedom, you'll walk in His favour. If you do something practical, not just not just saying words, but doing words, and if you sow, good today, we will reap good tomorrow because of the love and the freedom we're found in Jesus. So application today is simple. Own it like it's your own because it is. You walk past a piece of paper, that's not someone else's responsibility, that's yours. Pick it up. You see that person that may come into this community who looks isolated or awkward. It's your community. It's on you. Go and say hello. It's on you to give into this house financially because it's your own. It's on you to pray for this community because it's your own. It's on you to pray for the next generation that's coming up as well as the generation that has gone before because they are your own. So Father, right now today as I close, I pray that you would be with every person as we increase our level of buy-in. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray 
that this series will not just be words, but it will be your words. Help us to own this. Father, if we love you, we love your bride. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, this is what brings our church together. It isn't your immunization status. It isn't your political opinion. It isn't your job. It isn't the things you like to do. It is your love for Jesus Christ. So if you don't know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus, it's very simple. We've all sinned. We've all done stuff wrong. It's about owning that and going, okay, yes, I know I've done things wrong, but I don't want to do them wrong anymore. Because the Bible says that the punishment for sin is death. That is going to hell and that is separation from God. But God didn't want that. His plan was to send His Son, Jesus, who died on a cross. Now, because Jesus, He actually lived a perfect life, only guy in history to never sin. Because of that, He then, died on a cross and in that moment he said I'm going to pay the punishment for your sin and for the whole sins of the world for whoever lived and whoever will live he died in that moment to take their punishment away and then the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord that he lived that he died but he rose again to give us victory over sin and death and now he's the right hand of God it says if you can believe that in your heart and confess it with your mouth you're saved Your sins are forgiven and you're in right standing with God. So I'm gonna pray if that's you today. And if that's you, you say, yes, Lord, that's me with your mouth. I believe, I'm sorry for my sins and I wanna live for you. If that's you, I'm gonna pray in one moment and then I want you to go to our website, unihillchurch.com.au and I want you to let me know so that one of our team can contact you to encourage you and to help get you started on your journey of faith. So, Father, thank you for everybody who's here today. If they're watching this right now, in this moment, or in years to come, Jesus, we pray that you would forgive us for our sins. I want a relationship with you to understand that freedom that is found so that I can live for you and others. Come into my life, save me from hell, forgive my sins, and give me the relationship with God that I was created to have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. If you made that prayer at any point, you email us at unihillchurch.com.au, contacts tab, and let us know. And we will be in contact with you. But Unihill Church, thank you for tuning in today. We love you. Cannot wait to see you in this room again. uh, I pray that today blessed you and challenged you. Uh, This is your church. This is our community. And you're greatly missed. And thank you for being with us. See you soon.